Good morning, friends, and welcome to worship as beloved people of God on this festival of the transfiguration of our Lord. The light of God's glory in Jesus Christ has enlightened us and continues to bring light to our lives. I'm Pastor Mark Hall from United Lutheran Church in Prairie Farm. We welcome those who join us for worship today by Facebook Live and by phone-in and by streaming. Our church council members at United Lutheran Church are elected by our congregation to work together with other members and the pastor to see that the worship and work of Christ are done in the congregation and that God's will is done in this community and in the world. Today we recognize and pray for our elected council leaders, Carol Abiel, Steve Amundsen, Joe Beaver, Diane Engelston, Leslie Erickson, April Holton, Gary Moan, Lisa Norberg, Dennis Olson, Amy Richards, Sue Sand, Marilyn Shelton, Joe Walsberger. We thank all of our council members for their ministry. May God bless our council with the Holy Spirit's guidance and with wisdom. Lent begins this Wednesday, February 17th, and our Wednesday Lenten series this year has the theme, Seeking a Living Faith in a Troubled World, Remembering Who We Are. As the body of Christ, we are beloved, blessed, chosen, broken, and given for the healing of our community, our country, and our world. Please join in our worship broadcast via Facebook Live or phone-in or streaming on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. throughout the Lenten season. Our call committee met jointly on Wednesday with our church council to review our ministry site profile. The virtual meeting that was led by Synod Minister Pastor Randy Olson was for the purpose of finalizing our United Lutheran Church ministry site profile, which has been prepared by our call committee. The ministry site profile articulates the unique mission of our congregation and will be used in the search for prospective pastor candidates who will be interviewed before there is a candidate recommended to our congregation for voting on and issuing a pastoral call. Please keep the call committee in your prayers throughout the call process. The Epiphany Festival of the Transfiguration of Our Lord, this festival that we celebrate today, concludes the cycle of the church year that is suffused with the image of light. At Christmas, we celebrate this light and the birth of Christ, and throughout the weeks of Epiphany, we welcome this gracious healing light revealed to us and made known to all the world. In today's gospel, Christ goes from the mountain of transfiguring light to his passion, leading us to the Passover from death to life, and here we find the meaning of Jesus' birth and baptism. He was born to die so that in our death we might be born to eternal life. Let us prepare our hearts for worship now, centering our hearts in God. I invite you to join in confessing your sin and hearing the promise of God's forgiveness following the invocation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God 
and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our psalm of praise today from Psalm 50. The Mighty One, God the Lord, has spoken, calling the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, perfect in its beauty, God shines forth in glory. Our God will come and will not keep silence with a consuming fire before and round about a raging storm. God calls the heavens and the earth from above to witness the judgment of the people. Gather before me, my loyal followers, those who have made a covenant with me and sealed it with sacrifice. The heavens declare the rightness of God's cause, for it is God who is judge. Let us pray. Almighty God, the resplendent light of your truth shines from the mountaintop into our hearts. Transfigure us by your beloved Son and illumine the world with your image. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading today from 2 Kings. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha, Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water was parted to one side and to the other, until the two of them crossed on dry ground. 
When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, You have asked a hard thing. Yet, if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. Here ends the reading. Our second reading from 2 Corinthians. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Here ends the reading. Our Gospel today from St. Mark, the ninth chapter. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my Son, the Beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves questioning what this rising from the dead could mean. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Believe it or not, not too many weeks from now, we'll be watching an amazing transformation taking place all around us. The trees which look barren, the trees will have leaves budding out. The green blade of grass will shoot from the earth. The flowers will bloom with brilliant, beautiful colors. I tell you this on a day when it is very cold and snow and ice cover the ground. It seems like winter will never end. I tell you this on the festival of the transfiguration. To transfigure is to change in form completely. In our Christian pilgrimage, it is a journey from where we are, the realities and perplexities of life, 
to the wholeness and completeness of God's grace and glory. Like the journey of a tulip stem out of the dark, cold earth to the splendor of radiant color. Did you know that many plants have what is called a vernalization requirement? I had to do a little study about this. The vernalization requirement, that is to say, there are plants that must experience a period of prolonged winter cold in order to flower in the spring. Now, without the cold, they would not transfigure and they would not be so beautiful. This is true of many fruit trees and flowers. The needed cold is this vernalization requirement. It's often expressed in chill hours. Every one of these plants has its own chill hours requirement in order to flower. And following the vernalization period of low winter temperatures, these plants acquire competence to flower. Vernalization comes from the Latin word vernus, meaning spring. We might use vernalization as an analogy for the life of the Christian. In order for faith to come to full flower in our lives, we need chill hours. Jesus talked with his disciples in chilling detail right before they hiked up the Mount of Transfiguration, telling them plainly that he must suffer many things and be rejected and be killed and after three days rise again. Mark 8:31. Peter, for one, didn't like it and even went so far as to rebuke Jesus. But Jesus rebuked Peter and turned to the crowd that was following and said, If any would come after me, let them deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. There is a vernalization reality for all of Jesus' followers. A time of dark and cold required for the whole Jesus community. Paul writes about this in his letter to the Romans. We know the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see... We wait for it with patience. Paul Scott Wilson told of his own family, the life of his grandmother. Whenever we went to my grandparents, there was always a time every day when we had to get together and read from the Bible and the upper room devotion book. We all had to stop what we were doing and join in, the whole family, everyone. After years of this devotional prayer practice, the day came when I understood the meaning of this practice. The day when Grandma called for Grandpa for lunch. Three times she called him and he didn't come. As Grandma tells it, so I went to the room where he had been. And as I put my hand on the doorknob, there was a voice. And the voice said, my grace is sufficient for you. And Grandma opened the door and there was her husband slumped over on the desk. He was dead. Grandma had only heard 
that voice once, that was enough. My grace is sufficient for you. And I knew the listening that prepared Grandma to hear that word, that voice. After the announcement by Jesus that he must suffer and die, Jesus went up on a mountain with Peter, James, and John in that awesome transfiguration moment where Jesus' clothes became dazzling white. Peter, James, and John were witnesses. They were terrified and confused when they saw Moses and Elijah and Jesus together. Peter, who had only recently questioned Jesus about the need for his suffering, dying, and rising, sought now to hold on to this moment. Instead, they were overshadowed by a cloud, and a voice proclaimed, This is my Son, my Beloved, listen to him. Overshadowed by the cloud, Peter and James and John finally hear the voice, the voice that reveals to them Jesus' identity and the reality of following him. There is mystery here, even after the revelation, but we have the revelation so that in the midst of all the shadows and the ambiguity of this life, we can be sure in my experience as a pastor, the people whose faith has been filled with the most vitality, this faith has endured the chilling reality of vulnerability. And often that faith has formed in the ground of loss and grief. For what is promised to us in the death and resurrection of Jesus is not a way or a matter of our own control or security but a wage, a waiting and a watching in the dark, bitter cold for the signs of the reign of God, the kingdom of God's promises made in Jesus to burst open. This is God's way in the life of God's son, Jesus. Sacrifice on the cross would lead to the full and beautiful bloom of resurrection. The disciple Disciples had a glimpse of resurrection there on the mountain. But even with that glimpse, they still questioned and doubted. That's why I added verse 10 to our reading for today. For in fact, in, the very, in this very next verse, after verse 9, as they were coming down the mountain, the disciples, verse 10, were questioning what the rising from the dead meant. Even in times when we get a glimpse when we are given a moment of spectacular beauty, the questions come. We question because in this world we see in a mirror dimly and darkness overshadows us. In a previous parish I served, I was, it was about this time of year when three students were killed in a car accident. Two high school students, Scott and Todd, and one from junior high school, Brian, I still remember standing with the parents of Scott and Brian before the funeral was to begin as they spread the two quilts from their bedroom over the still bodies of their sons laying in the caskets and said goodbye. The pain was too much. The sorrow 
It was too much. It was too much to bear. That day we heard the promise spoken by Jesus, I am the resurrection and the life. But in our grief, we all questioned what the resurrection meant. In the spring times which would follow, the heavy grief of the loss of their boys, both families used their front yards to send a message. They planted flowers. They tilled up the dark earth and planted flowers. Those flowers held a deep and unfolding mystery. No matter how bitter and cold the winter, green, growing, beautiful, resplendent flowers would come. And each year, each year that passed, there were more flowers. They were symbols of hope, a transfiguration underway a transfiguration demonstrating the beauty and life-giving power of God. What is the meaning of the resurrection rising from the dead? The meaning is that in the kingdom of God, in the reign of God, life is stronger than death. There is a light no darkness can overcome. And so we know that the death that awaits us, our physical death in this world, that death is nothing compared to the death behind us in our baptism when we were joined to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The death that awaits us in this world is but a shadow, for we have been joined to Jesus Christ in his baptism, in our baptism, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we are baptized into the death and resurrection of Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are pulled up into life, made a new creation. As we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, here in our earthly tent, in our bodies, we groan. We long to put on our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal, what is dying, may be swallowed up by life. This Wednesday is the beginning of Lent. Lent is from the Middle English word, Lente meaning spring, to lengthen. The season of the cross is what we begin as we enter into Lent. With the mark of the cross, and this year because of COVID-19, we will not have it traced on our foreheads with ashes at church, but I hope you will trace that mark of the cross on your own forehead on Ash Wednesday. This in recognition of our frailty, our mortality, but it also is a sign of grace and of new life. The Spirit-given guarantee that something has forever changed and is bringing about change in us. For Jesus comes down the mountain of transfiguration to be with us in all things. He will not give up on us. He will not give up on his mission to save us. He will walk through the valleys with us, even the valley of the shadow of, of death. And Jesus will go all the way to another mountain, Mount Calvary. And death will be defeated. Life will be restored. This is the hope in which we live.
Thanks be to God. Amen. And now we affirm our Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, for all people according to their needs. Lord Jesus Christ, in all of our questioning and confusion, in all the ambiguity and vulnerability we experience, help us to hear your voice and your promise that you will never leave us or forsake us, that nothing will separate us from your love, not even death. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You are with us in all things through the power of your Holy Spirit. You are with us in the darkness and the bitter cold of this winter day. Grant us a vision of the light of your kingdom that brings to life even what is now dormant and lifeless. Give us a vision of your eternal springtime through the resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all who today are weary from life's burdens, for the poor, the hungry, the homeless, the jobless, for those who are anxious or afraid or lacking supportive relationships, grant relief, support, care, and hope, and give us all an awareness and willingness to help those in need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For our world that is broken by hostility, hatred, and hoarding, we pray for peace and justice. We pray for national and local leaders who will model the servant leadership of our Lord Jesus. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For our United Lutheran Church Council, for Carol, Steve, Joe, Diane, Leslie, April, Gary, Lisa, Dennis, Amy, Sue, Marilyn, Joe, grant them the guidance of your Holy Spirit as they serve our congregation and seek to do your will. Bless the council and our congregation as we work together in the name of Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, as we begin the Lenten journey on Wednesday, Grant us strength and stamina to walk with you to the cross, and then lead us beyond to the empty tomb. Stretch us and shape us that our faith might grow and hope be restored. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Come to our aid, O God, as COVID-19 continues to spread. Heal those who are sick. Protect families and friends from being infected. Support healthcare workers. Give continuing success to the development of vaccines and their distribution. And today we pray for all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. 
especially those from our own community. Colleen, Dale, Lucille, Terry, Brett, Ruth, Leroy, Larry, Sandy, Perry, Sally, Bud, Claire, Gary, Adele, John. Others we name before you. Grant them your healing grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Risen Lord Jesus Christ, you went ahead of us into the grave and defeated the powers of sin and death and the evil one. We remember those who have died, especially those most dear to us. Inspire us to live our lives in resurrection hope. And of that day, we will be reunited with those who have gone before us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands now, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We give thanks for all the promises and all the gifts that we receive from God today. And we thank you for the gifts that you share in your life as a steward of God's bounty. Thank you for your gifts to United Lutheran Church. May God bless you in your stewardship of all that God has entrusted to you. Let us pray. Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with abundant gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us in our offerings given in thanksgiving to you to serve you in this world as a sign of your merciful love and grace through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God.